brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Please stand for the reading of God's Holy Word. As we continue to preach in your hearing how and why to pray in the Holy Ghost and keep yourselves in the love of God. Part 2, Praying Through the Bible, number 482, that's 482 Wednesday nights. My oldest son, Daniel White IV, started this uh, series a long time ago. Uh, he has helped with the messages. And uh, now my youngest son, Daniel Ezekiel White, is helping me with the messages. But way back then, nearly 500 Wednesday nights ago, Right before we started this campaign, this series, we put together the Prayer Motivator Bible. And we used to mention it on Wednesday nights. I felt kind of funny about it. It's on Amazon if you want it. The Prayer Motivator Devotional Bible, where we highlight all of the verses in the Bible on prayer. And so we started this journey so long ago. And we calculated uh, this series will end uh, right after we reach the 500 mark. And so God has been good. God has been gracious. Uh, and it was a part of a prayer campaign that God put in my heart to do leading up to the coronavirus plague. <clears throat> and so tonight we're in Jude, chapter 7, uh, Jude 1, verse 17 through 21. Jude, verse uh, 17 through verse 21. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. how that they told you there should be mockers, mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. 
but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you, and hopefully we all do for this a magnificent day that you've given us in serving you. And uh, Holy Father God, we thank you for the powerful earlier service and other important ministry work that has uh, been done. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to serve you. <clears throat> And Holy Father God, hallowed be your name tonight. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, we praise you and hopefully we all praise you as I pray this morning, help the people Lord, to pray to you who are here and who are out there. And Lord, wherever they go to church, those who are with us, who are visiting, Lord, help them to, once the preacher bows his head, Lord, help them to understand the importance of bowing their heads in prayer and to actually pray and not to listen to the preacher or the deacon but to pray every chance they get lord help your people to pray themselves lord we thank you for your holy word tonight that says ask and ye shall receive seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be open unto you I praise you and I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace, your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. Uh, Lord, help each and every one of us uh, to pray. And Lord, if we are truly born-again Christians, Lord, help us to confess our sins, our failures, and our faults unto you. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins as we from our hearts by your grace forgive those who have sinned against us crush and crucify lord our flesh and the old man within us for those of us who are truly saved not just religious 
but saved. Fill us all afresh and anew tonight with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord of your Holy Spirit. Put a guard at our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you. Uh, in word, thought, or deed, help us to be like you, Lord Jesus Christ, as you never sinned in word, thought, or deed, or in attitude. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ afresh and anew tonight. Uh, for Lord, one of the main reasons why I love to have these services it is a battle and a fight to have them, but it's worth the fight, it's worth the battle because we get to pray like this. And Lord, as you know, it is in my mind and heart, Lord, just to pray throughout this service. Uh, that's been, it's been on my heart and mind. Uh, we, uh, but Lord, I pray that you will help me to pray now and preach a little bit and help people to understand uh, what the passage that we just read is saying. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell, and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Quite frankly, Lord, and some people may think there's a problem when I pray like this, but uh, there's no problem. Uh, and our situation is far better than, uh, no doubt, theirs or most people. And I thank you for that. But it, the reason is, the reason for that is because you taught me to pray like this. As I'm going to pray right now, not only for my family, my wife, but other families that name the name of Christ. And Lord, I do pray tonight that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell. And the satanic demonic spirit of Judas... Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, out of even my own wife and other people in our family who have this generational curse and issue and problem in their lives and in the lives of others, Lord, uh, who are in families that name the name of Christ. Uh, because this is a real matter and Lord, I pray that you would rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, his demons and his hosts from this time around your holy word, from the people here and from the people out there. And Lord, I pray that you would give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh and the devil, not only for this service, but Lord, for our afterglow service as well. Uh, as uh, we've already had one meeting after the first, uh, one meal after the first service and a little rest. Uh, Lord, my daughters are preparing another, a uh, bigger meal after this service with popcorn and toppings for the afterglow 
our fellowship that we've had for going on 34 years. So, Lord, we want the afterglow to be sweet as well. Lord, we used to sing a song, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. We want that to be permanent. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for a miraculous born-again salvation experience for my wife, Marika White, and others, Lord, who may have been slipped to Mickey and uh, have uh, been religious and in the beginning was a little bit excited about it but never truly got saved as you spoke to us about. Lord, I know that my sweet evangelical brethren, my sweet independent Baptist brethren, my sweet Baptist, Southern Baptist, National Baptist, my sweet Bible brothers and sisters do not like for me to pray like that. And that's okay. You have shown me that it has been the sweet evangelicals and the sweet Christian people who know their Bibles. We're the culprits. We're the cause of this coronavirus, along with others, this coronavirus plague being placed upon us. For Lord, as you have shown me a long time ago, it is the sweet evangelicals and scholars who are leaders who are now the Pharisees and Sadducees. And many of them are Judases who have betrayed you for 30 pieces of silver. Some of them, many of them are lost and on their way to hell. Lord, I never thought I would say that. Uh, but Lord, you show me that many of the so-called church leaders of the day are lost and on their way to hell and are demon-possessed even though they have great Bible training. And Lord, I still love them all and I'm still praying for them and still uh, under your leadership trying to clean up this mess along with uh, others. And so, Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, open the eyes of the blind in the church. Uh, many of them have been in church all of their lives, and they know how to manipulate the church and hurt the church and use the church for their own benefit. Uh, but they are in many cases, wolves in sheep's clothing. And some have crept in unawares. And so, Lord, I uh, do not have as much respect for these people as I have had in the past and wanted to have, as you know. You, you wired me in such a way to respect those who are in a leadership position to respect those who are older. But uh, I'm so thankful to one of the great Christians, true Christians, uh, that I love and respect still, who knows all about this foolishness and way more than I do, who did not allow me to get defiled 
by the foolishness that he's had to put up with for so many years. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would protect him, heal him, and help him to do the difficult things that need to be done. And uh, Lord, you know exactly who I am referring to, and I, I am not inclined to mention his name publicly right now. But Lord God in heaven, I do pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, save the lost in the church and revive your true Christians who have been Christians who have been discouraged by even people they thought were Christians. And I pray, Lord, for all of my children as they're going out into the world, that they would not that their faith would not be destroyed by pastors and preachers who claim to be Christians and uh, they're nothing but a ravening wolves. I pray that they will stick to the biblical faith as they go out. They have been well trained and so Lord is up to them now. And so Holy Father God I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ it is still so good to be in your presence. I have never regretted it. And I thank you for it. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, tonight, that you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, and uh, help us to glorify your holy name in what we say and do. Help us, Lord, to lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because you said you'll draw all men unto him. Help us to hide behind the cross and let the world see who they want to see and need to see, Jesus Christ. For it is in, it is in his holy name I do pray. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, how and why to pray in the Holy Ghost and keep yourselves in the love of God. God's word is so different from our words. These are powerful uh, statements that are otherworldly. They come from heaven. Uh, the way God puts together his words are very unique and very special. It's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. I marvel. I marvel about everything about God, man. Uh, but I marvel at His Word. The phrasing of His words are so memorable. From 
Genesis to Revelation. One of the best things that uh, when my wife and I were homeschooling our children, one of the best things that we did many, many years ago was to read through uh, the cultural literacy book. You'll be amazed at how much of our language is filled with the Word of God. And see, therefore, as someone said, if you don't read the Bible, if you don't study the Bible, uh, you're not an educated person because you're not going to know what some people are talking about. <clears throat> uh, you won't be able to put things together because you don't understand what they're saying because they're using uh, statements and phrases from the Word of God. Dr. and Prophet Leonard Ravenhill said, the Holy Spirit as the spirit of power helpeth our infirmity in prayer. Allow me to digress just a little bit from his quote uh, to give you an, a, a thought that God gave me recently. My wife is supposed to be a helpmeet. Now, she may not do it on her own, but uh, when I ask her to do something or tell her to do something, uh, uh, such as find my shoes or give me my shoes or help me, to get dressed. She's been helping me to get dressed for preaching uh, for many, many years. Do you know the importance? Uh, God wants me to tell some of you women this. Do you know the importance of help? <laughs> Do you know the importance of help? Now, as I said, she may not do it on her own, but I had this thought today. Uh, recently, rather, that uh, thank God for help. Now, it would be nice to have good help. They do everything on their own. You never have to tell them what to do. Uh, but, but, but some help is helpful. Uh, so some of you husbands who you are angry and mad and bitter at your uh, wife... And uh, to the point where you don't speak, you all have not touched each other in months. Whatever help she does give you, be thankful for that. Because help is a beautiful thing. And may God bless you if you have a wife who, who uh, understands the importance of help. Now, I can put on my own clothes, but it's, it's, it's better for me, and it cuts down on the time when she helps me to do that. 
Now, let me get back to the main point. thought I'd just say that to you people. There's great value to being a helpmeet. And so, wives, be a great helpmeet to your husband. Be a help meet for him. And you husbands, you appreciate whatever help you can get. <laughs> I have to make my wife help me. You may not have to do that. That's good. But appreciate whatever level of help you're getting and say, glory be to God. And if you have children, I'm not talking about uh, her working out at home. We don't, you don't need that kind of help. That, that's a disaster waiting to happen. You don't need the money help. You need to bring the money home. Excuse me. Pardon me. You need to bring the money home. She needs to be home ready to help you and to serve you and to work for you. Now, she can work, but you need to be her boss. I know that's not the American way. I'm trying to help you change things around in your household and in your family. My wife has not worked uh, since uh, my daughter, oldest daughter, Danny was born. We worked together at a little job when right after we got married. And then when uh she uh uh got pregnant with my oldest daughter Danny, she has not worked outside of the home since. And I live by faith. I was living by faith before I met her. And God has taken care of us for over thirty four years. By the grace of God. Are we rich? No. Uh, do we have a whole bunch of debt pressure on us? No. And so God took care of us. With your working a job, God will take care of you. Or starting a business. Let your wife help you. And if she's not, and if she's like my wife, you insist on her helping you. You give her things to do. Because help uh, is a beautiful thing. Now, let's move back over to the text, or to the sermon, and understand the help the Holy Ghost gives us is the best help of all. The Holy Spirit as the Spirit of life ends our deadness in prayer. <clears throat> you need the help of the Holy Ghost to pray. And you cannot play, and by the way, it's time out for all of the playing and the, and the non-real praying just doing something, going through the motions. I'm sure you remember my saying, uh, 
pray what you mean and mean what you pray. And if you uh, get lost and you start daydreaming, uh, go back to where you remember and start all over and pray from that point. Don't keep on rolling knowing that you, you, you don't even know what you're praying about. You don't know what you're saying. So you, you know God. He, he may not understand what you're saying. And, and, and uh, uh, because you're disrespecting him by rolling on, not knowing what you're saying. And people do that. People pray at, the, at night and go to sleep and wake up and, and finish it and, and, and won't go back. Start all over again with their, with their mind engaged in what they're saying to God. Now, if you want to do people that way, that's your business. But you can't do God that way. I don't know what God will do. Uh, I, I would assume if you check out on him, he'll check out on you. He won't keep listening to uh, your gibberish. The Holy Spirit, as the spirit of wisdom, delivers us from ignorance in this holy art of prayer. The Holy Spirit, as the spirit of fire, delivers us from coldness in prayer. You know, Leonard Ravenhill is deep, so, you know, you may have to, some of you may have to get this by freight. This might be too deep for you. The Holy Spirit, as the spirit of might, comes to our aid and our weakness as we pray. The help of the Holy Ghost. You know why some Christians tonight are depressed and defeated and sad? and mad, suicidal, because they don't depend upon the help that God has given to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. They try to do it themselves. They do it their way, and they end up flat on their faces every time. Do you know that, as the old song says, that a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right? I said a little talk. It must be real talk. But a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. Do you not know that? Right now, you might be defeated, disgusted, depressed, and mad. Uh, remove yourself from that situation and go somewhere into your closet and pray and have a little talk with Jesus. I guarantee you if, you, if you are saved, if you are a child of God, you come out of that closet like Superman, ready to get some things done for the kingdom or superwoman. And with a changed perspective, because God will give you a uh, new perspective on the situation. And God may have you to change something 
God may have you to stop going in a direction that you're going that's messing up your life and frustrating your life. God may have you to do something else. In the prayer closet, God may strike eight things off of your list of ten things to do. He'll take that burden off of you and, 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 and do it himself. Or, or give you an idea about somebody else who can do it better and quicker. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in our last message, we began looking at what the Apostle Jude has to say about building up, or building ourselves up on the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And keeping ourselves in the love of God. Now may I just say before I even get into this. That you know when you're still in the love of God. It basically means that you're still in fellowship with God. That you are not God's enemy. By sinning against him. You're not at odds with God. You are with God and you're on, you're on God's side. God is not on your side. You're on God's side. And you have peace in your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. With God. Because you are still in fellowship with God. Uh, the... Bible Knowledge Commentary of Dallas Theological Seminary, the BKC, continues regarding this passage and says, in addition to remembering what the apostles had said about the apostates, and we are, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, surrounded by apostates. Uh, they write many books. They were the so-called stars of evangelicalism and uh, Christianity as we know it today. But many of them are apostates, led and controlled by the devil. Jude's readers were to give attention to themselves in the right way. Here is the heart of his message. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. How do you do that? You pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love and wait for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ being sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. How do you do that? You pray. Dr. Charles Stanley said, the most important thing you can do as a Christian is pray. He's a soul winner at heart, so he would... Uh, say witnessing for the Lord would be right there with it reading the Bible 
you build yourself up on your most holy faith, not by reading a bunch of books by men living today, which some people recommend. You build on your faith through prayer and through reading the Word of God, the Holy Bible, the pure Word of God. Nothing will help you more in this Christian life than those two things. And then, of course, witnessing for the Lord. We had the privilege of passing out some gospel tracts today and on yesterday. Every time we go out, and that's uh, an evangelistic missionary trip for us, and it's been that way for many years. You ought to try it if you're not uh, doing so. Get some gospel pamphlets. Make some gospel pamphlets every time you go to Walmart, every time you go to Target. Every time you go to the post office, you pass out gospel pamphlets. You don't want to. You don't want to go walking up on people today. So you just uh, put it on their car and keep getting up for the coronavirus is coming back with a vengeance contrary to the happy talk government officials and the happy talk pastors and the happy talk employers and business owners. They want to keep the economy going. And in America, as one politician said, uh, it's economics. The economy, he said, dummy. It's all about the economy in America, keeping uh, everything going, no matter how bad things are. No matter how many people die, today they finally said a number and reported a number that none of them wanted to report. Over one million people are dead from the coronavirus plague, millions more around the world. That's just America. And I have been telling you for two years now, they're lying about the numbers. They have to. Uh, It would frighten you too much if you really got the truth. It is really more like over three million people did in America. And they'll tell you that down the road. Uh, And they've already hinted at it. That's, That's the game they play. Government officials, health officials, Even leaders, so-called church leaders, they play the game. They get paid uh, some Judas money, and they'll go along with the program and make everybody think everything is all right. They've even told pastors, let your your people back into the church. Tell them to go on to church. Everything is back to normal. It was last Wednesday night, when last Wednesday, when Dr. Fauci announced that the plague was over, the coronavirus plague was over, I got in the pulpit and I said, it's not. I guess uh, Fauci been listening to me. That same night or, or the next morning, he announced he lied. 
the coronavirus plague is not over. Uh, uh, I misspoke or you misheard. Okay, don't go around what these people tell you. This is all politics. You better go by how God leads you. And you need to thank God you're not one of the million. You're not one of the three million who have died. The evident contrast of these actions to the scoffers was introduced by the words, but you. And for the third time, Jude addressed his readers as dear friends. Personal edification, build yourselves up, comes from progressing in the knowledge of your most holy faith. Stay in prayer, pray without ceasing, pray always, be instant in prayer. Continue instant in prayer. Jesus Christ gave a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. See, the problem in the church today is most people don't want to do simple things like that. Simple things like that are the most powerful things you can do. Reading the Bible. One of the most powerful things you can do. We did that earlier today in the earlier service. And when we have these services, the two most powerful things that I know we do, because God does something deep down on the inside... with me and uh, no doubt with many other people and I know that to be true number one prayer number two reading the Bible and one day I'm going to just have a service where we pray and I just read the Bible. It's going to be one of the shortest services, I believe. But I will tell you this. I, I can't put my finger on why, but the Lord is very pleased when I have those uh, standing between the living and the dead services. With other people instead of just our family. And just us here. He's very pleased with that for some reason. And, and it's, it turns out to be a greater blessing to me too. As we did this morning. This faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. Was the teaching of the apostles now recorded in the Holy Scriptures, to be prayed over, to be read, and to be studied, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Spirit, now let me help you, is not 
speaking in tongues. By the way, how's that working for you? Did it keep you from the plague, all of your private speaking in tongues and praying in tongues? Did it help you in the plague? Did it keep you alive? For those of you who do that. And uh, uh, I'm not going to uh, fight you over that. That's, that's between you and God. So, but it, it, what we're talking about in this passage is not speaking in some unknown tongue, but is praying out of uh, hearts and souls, pure hearts and souls that are indwelt, illuminated, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm using the phrase Holy Ghost because that's what Mother Breedlove, my great, great, great-grandmother, my mother Gladys Beeman, and uh, that's what they use. That's the phrase they use for some reason. They, they never said the Holy Spirit. I never even knew there was another word for the Holy uh, Ghost. Mother Breedlove, Gladys Beeman, they would always say the Holy Ghost, and they would always have some Pompeen oil nearby to lay hands on you. Uh, back in those days, when you got sick, you're going to get some oil on your forehead, slapped on your forehead first before you do anything. And they're going to pray for you in the Holy Ghost. And then, if that didn't work, they're going to give you another kind of oil called castor's oil, which every human being hates that I know of. I believe some people got well from taking castor oil because they didn't, they didn't want any more castor oil. They said, I'm well, I'm fine. <laughs> Don't give me any more of that. And that was it. That was the extent of your medical attention right there. Uh, yes, sir, buddy. They had a little, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to buy a bottle of that. Oh, I'm going to keep the... I'm going to buy a bottle of that oil. I used to see it in the stores. I don't see it anymore. Maybe when my daughter, Danica, goes back to H-E-B, because that's the last place I saw it, a little, little triangle-looking bottle. Mother Breedlove and Mother Beeman, you know, that's another thing. You call them by their last name. They're a family, but... <laughs> And whatever their last name was, that's what you called them. If they had been married again or whatever, you, you, could, you better call them by their last name. You couldn't call her Grandma Gladys or nothing like that. But they would always have some of that oil at the house. Huh? And beside the pulpit, right there where you can see it. It never, it never moved. Just in case, we need to cast out a devil up in here. And just in case somebody needs to be healed, they had that. And, and they never bought another brand of oil. It was always that oil. Something like Pompeian. Look at that for me. Pompeian, P-O-M-P-I-E-N, uh, olive oil. 
I'm going to buy some, and I'm going to I'm going to have it here with me, just out of respect for them. It is praying in the power of the Holy Spirit, keeping one's self in God's love. Keeping oneself in God's love does not indicate that salvation depends on one's own efforts. We didn't do anything to get saved. We can't keep our salvation. We can't lose it. We got saved by the grace of God. We will continue in salvation by the grace of God. Now, in God's system of grace... If you get out of line with God, God has a way to bring you back into line. But you're His now. So you can't lose your salvation once you truly get saved. For that would contradict other scripture passages in the Word of God. Instead, a believer is nurtured as he is occupied with God's love for him, God's Holy Spirit in him, and is in fellowship with him. That's what this passage is talking about. Staying in fellowship with God. God loves you more than you love yourself. Uh, But he does require us to... Uh, do something such as confess our sins. Huh? Be honest about your sins before God because God already knows about it. Be transparent. Agree with God about the evil in you and what sometimes comes out of you. Tell the truth before God Almighty and shame the devil and stay in the love of God. We'll share more about that as we go on. Waiting for the blessed hope the return of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church is a fourth means of personal nurture. Staying in the love of God. Waiting for that event is waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ in the sense that the rapture will be the consummating evidence of his grace, his love, and his mercy. Jude added that it will bring you to eternal life, that is, to enjoying never-ending life in God's own presence, staying in the love of God all the way through until we leave here on into heaven because of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered, bled, and died for our sins uh, 
was buried and rose on the third day, and he ascended back to the right hand of God and has been praying with us, and he promised that he's coming back to get us. Now give me a, uh, for the record, give me the, 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 the pronunciation of that Pompeian extra virgin olive oil. And I know many of my charismatic brothers and sisters, holiness brothers and sisters, you, you know you know what it's all about. You've seen it all of your life too. I never understood it until I got saved and and uh, looked at it. Uh, but I want to I want to I want to uh, get the pronunciation of that right because I'm going to buy some. Say it again. Pompeian, 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 virgin olive oil, and uh, so. That's what Mother Bree Love used to get. That's what Gladys Beeman used to get. They always had that somewhere. And they used it. Anyway, my dear friend, tonight, I wanted to do that for the record. But have you ever experienced the love of God as far as your salvation is concerned? Are you in fellowship with God? In other words, have you been born again? Have you been saved? If you have not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ in a real sense for your soul's salvation, for the free pardon of all of your sins, believe in him tonight. First, on this Wednesday night, understand with me that you are a sinner. Just as I am. And that you have broken God's laws. God's commandments. Just as I have. Just as the Pope has. The Dalai Lama has. And even Joel Osteen, the pastor of the largest church in America has. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned against God repeatedly. We have broken the Ten Commandments of God. Have you ever dishonored God by taking his name in vain 
have you ever dishonored and disobeyed your parents and disrespected your parents? Have you ever lusted after somebody or something, coveted what other people have? Never satisfied with what God has blessed you with? I saw an interesting title the other night, the other day. It said, uh, Contentment uh, Turns Into Gold Everything It Touches. Contentment from God is a golden gift. Are you content? Or you always want somebody else's stuff? Somebody else's wife, somebody else's husband. Have you ever stolen anything from your parents? From the combo store or from Miss Annie's candy store? Did you ever steal any nihilators? Any cherry bombs? Have you stolen anything from the grocery store? Have you ever stolen any money from your father, your mother? Have you ever lied about it? We're all sinners, aren't we? I just named five of the Ten Commandments that you have broken and I have broken, sad to say. And, 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 and do you know it's, it's the strangest thing we we know we have broken these commandments, and but there's still a tinge of pride that does not want us to admit it. Even after many years. This is why so many people die and go to hell from the church pew. That pride will never let them they, they, they wanna that pride will never let them admit that they're sinners. They've done wrong. They will try to defend themselves against God Almighty. When God has lovingly told us we're all sinners, we all have fallen short of God's holy standard. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. There is always punishment for sin. We have several cases going on today in American courts. People are paying for sin. Even in this life, you know there's going to be a payment for sin in the life to come. Nobody gets away with sin. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says in Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. And God wants you to know that if you in other words, if God will allow you to die because of your sins, And that's a, that's a major judgment and a, a frightening thing to know that you're going to die. By the way, uh, the people in prison are not the only ones on 
death row. We're on death row. We've committed crimes against God, and we're going to die. At least the men on death row and the women on death row, they have an idea when they're going to die. We don't know when we're going to die, but we will die. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And God wants you to know that if he allows you to die from this beautiful place called earth, he will allow you to go to hell. And so you need to make sure that you understand that. Part of my job is to help you to understand that because uh, it's a very serious matter. And God wants you to take him seriously. Now God is very loving, very long-suffering, very patient. He's giving you time now to get your act together. He's giving you time now to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to call on his name. I thank God he gave me 19 years of life when I should have been dead several times. Otherwise, I and I deserve to go to hell. I did not know I was going to hell. Nobody in the church told me that that was what being saved meant never in my life. Dad a preacher, mother a preacher, raised in the church, the Baptist church, the Pentecostal Holiness Church, the Disciples of Christ Church, uh, the Pillar and Ground of the Truth Church, the uh, uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church, Firstborn Church, raised in those churches, and no one ever told me I was on my way to hell. I never heard the word hell mentioned other than people telling people to go to hell. <clears throat> but all sin will be paid for. Either you will pay for it in hell, or you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ who paid for all of the sins of the world, including yours. And Jesus Christ is the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the entire world. He paid our sin debt. And all you have to do is believe in him. Trust in him. Pray and ask him to save your soul because he shed his precious, holy, and pure blood on the cross for your sins. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God, with us. So believe in him so that you can avoid going to hell, uh, which you will hear about right now. Dear friend, if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to understand that you're on the road to hell right now. Jesus Christ preached many times on hell. He preached more on hell than all of the prophets and all of the apostles and all of the 
writers in the Bible. Why did Jesus Christ preach on hell so many times and so hard? Because he loves you. He knew he was going to die for your sins so that you could avoid going to hell, and he wanted you to take advantage of it. Jesus Christ wants you to get saved more than you want to get saved. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 18, 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Hell is a very real place. Hell is a sad place. Hell is a bad place. And hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ himself preached the gospel, the good news, first and best. He said one night, the most beautiful, most loving, most powerful, most life-transforming, most important words ever said in the history of the world when he said to Nicodemus one night, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That was a direct message from God through the Son of God to a doctor of the law, Nicodemus, and it must have had a huge impact because when Jesus died, he was there to help bury him. He was a secret disciple. But he was more uh, um, evident than his open disciples at that time. Can you imagine having the Son of God in front of you delivering to you a direct message from God? And you're the only one there? It had a huge impact upon Nicodemus. Nicodemus got saved. Maybe Nicodemus figured it all out and knew that Jesus was the Lamb of God who was going to be sacrificed for all of the sins of all of the people in the world. And so he calculated things out and was there to bury him because he knew he was going to rise again. I don't know. God has just given me that right now. But these words are the most important words in the history of the world that was said to mankind. And from that one night with that one man, 
this passage of Holy Scripture has probably been quoted and read more than any other passage of Scripture in the Bible. It is a life-changing passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He was talking about himself. God gave up his only begotten Son that whosoever, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, believeth. The word believeth means to trust in, to have faith in, to depend upon. In him, talking about himself, Jesus Christ, John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. Should not perish. That means you will not perish in hell, the flames of hell, but have everlasting life in heaven. You will be with God in the love of God forever. And you don't have to be in the church to get saved. You don't have to get baptized to get saved. I know my pastor friends don't like for me to say that, but it's true and you know it's true because you didn't get saved that way. You don't have to shake the pastor's hand or receive the right hand of fellowship or walk down the aisle in front of thousands of people. There's nothing wrong with that, but you don't have to do that. The thief on the cross somehow believed that Jesus Christ was dying for the sins of the world and looked over. And all he said was, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And Jesus Christ said, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of God for you, so that you can live forever with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul today, and he will save you. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven to be in the love of God forever. So dear friend, if you want to be in the love of God forever in heaven, if you want to come to know uh, Jesus Christ as your Savior by believing in Him so that you could be saved from that awful place called hell, then believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart and pray with me the sinner's prayer and mean it from your heart. Let's pray right now. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner. It is uh, true what the preacher said. I have broken 
your Ten Commandments. I have sinned many times in your face. And before your face. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. A sinner. And please forgive me of all of my sins. My faults and my failures. I understand that I deserve to go to hell. And I do not deserve to go to heaven. So, Holy Father God, I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for my sins. was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. From that awful place called hell. And save my soul to that beautiful place of being in your love forever called heaven. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and help me to follow you in the newness of life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your holy name I pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you just believed in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the word of God, you are now saved from that awful place called hell and you are on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God. Congratulations on believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have done the most important thing in life. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book, my little book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door is free of charge and it will show you the next steps on what you should do as a Christian. And Jesus Christ said in John 10, 9, I am the door. 
By me of any man into in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out, and find pasture. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good, is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer on this Wednesday night. And we're going to, uh, after we leave here, go right on into prayer for other people, as we normally do on a Wednesday night. We don't just talk about prayer and preach on prayer and teach on prayer. We actually pray and have done so for many, many years. And we give God the glory, the praise, and the honor. Let's pray together as Sweet Hour of Prayer uh, is playing in the background. And we'll pray even louder after I finish praying. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you so much for the privilege of prayer, the power of prayer, the peace that comes through prayer, the productivity that comes through prayer. And Lord, I thank you for your holy word and the power of it. And Lord, help us to build ourselves up by your grace in this holy faith and keep ourselves in the loving fellowship of God going forward as your people. Save those who are lost, revive those who are saved. And Lord, help them to lay aside pride, their religious pride, and get saved tonight by your grace, by believing in you. We know that you have done your part. Lord, they must do theirs. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray that you'll help them. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, make sure you pray without ceasing. Read the Word of God and meditate on it. Get some gospel pamphlets and at least pass out one. In the words of that preacher in San Diego, Miles McPherson, do something. God bless you, my dear friends.